Welcome to the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Selzer. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest who's back for the second time, Rizwan Malik, who is a senior vice president with Sotheby's International Realty based here in Canada, is joining us today. He's, like I say, he's the senior vice president of the company, plus he's also a star of HGTV's Hot Market TV show. So Rizwan, welcome back, man. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me again. Pleasure <laughs> to talk to you again. Oh, my pleasure. It's nice to see you after all these months. Uh, yeah. We were just discussing before we started the recording that uh, it was last April that you were last on here. I can't believe how quickly time has passed. Almost, yeah, it's almost been a year, and you know, and and a lot has gone on. Yes, the pandemic is still pretty strong. It's still oh, there. Yeah. We, uh, yes. I remember yes. speaking to you in April last year, and we were thinking, you know, hopefully by the end of the year we'll be uh, in a better place. And uh, feels like it's just, so. I've, I've stopped following it. I don't. I don't know what the COVID case count is today. I don't know any of that stuff. Not because I don't care. It's just because it's it's it, it's it's really depressing, and I it's just it like I'd rather I'd rather not be aware. And I, I know if there's yeah. going to be a huge breakthrough or if there's anything going to happen. I don't know, man. All over everywhere, all over Instagram. So I'll find out and I'll look it up then. But until then, I don't need to know the day to day details. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it's it has been a long time. We're coming up almost two years, and. Uh, it's one variant after another. And I know quite a few people actually who have contacted, uh, contacted it just recently, including like four of my clients have it yes. at the moment. So it, yeah. it is out there. It's definitely yeah. out there. I tested positive on Christmas Day. So is that my, I was with my godsons on Christmas Eve. I was at their house. And uh, in the morning, we all thought, you know, let's, let's do COVID tests. Just not for fun. <laughs> let's just do a rapid test. It's the new because, Christmas tradition. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the grandparents were coming, right? And the grandparents are uh, okay. quite a bit elderly. And we thought, okay, let's all do a COVID test. Of course, all of them were negative. Mine was positive. Oh, my God. Uh, just to be sure, we did a second one on me. And sure enough, it was positive. I put my mask back on, gathered my things, and I uh, came home. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, but it is, you know, it is what it is. It's the world we live in. Um, well, you seem to have bounced back. 100%. So that's yeah. great. That's like, great. You know, serious fatigue was probably my worst symptom, which yeah. I'm still kind of suffering from uh, here and there, but it is did, what it is. Did they tell you whether it was Omicron or was it the older Delta variant? Or it was it, Omicron. It yeah. was Omicron. Yeah. That seems to be much more catchy than yeah. uh, than the previous ones. Well, I'm glad you're, you're on the mend or you have mended. That's Thank great. You. Thank you. Um, I was thinking back, actually just reviewing in my mind the last time we talked and, and you had said a very interesting thing to me uh, that really resonated uh, back in April. I still remember it. We were talking about how the prices kept going up and up. And you had said that you didn't think that those price gains were sustainable. That's the exact word you used. And I agreed with you at the time uh, because a year ago we were seeing prices going up and nobody really knew what to expect. As it turns out, uh, I think Treb reported that prices overall in the GTA were up 18% last year, which is just ridiculous, ridiculous amount. And what I'm seeing just in the last four to six weeks is an acceleration of that real estate friend, uh, frenzy. I'm out in Mississauga, as you know, and we're just selling typical suburban homes out here. But we're seeing a year ago, a house that sold 100000 over asking was kind of an exception to the rule. It was like, wow, you know, those people really got did well. But this just the past since the beginning of the year, we're seeing houses selling like 300,000 
over the asking price. And this is in the burbs, in the yeah. suburbs. We're not talking about Yorkville. We're not talking about Rosedale. We're talking about out here in good old Mississauga. So there's this frenzy going on, and I just don't know. I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. And, and you know, you're absolutely right. And this is the thing, right? Like, I didn't think prices were sustainable then. And, and <laughs> the Canadian consumer has proven to be like, you know what? We're going to continue. <laughs> we're going to continue on this upward trajectory and keep going higher and higher. So it, it, it's one of those things where, yes, um, there, there doesn't seem to be an end in sight. You would think our market was already robust. Our market was already super active. It was wonderful going into the pandemic. Yes. And everyone thought, you know what? There's global supply chain issues. Uh, you know, there, there's a, a pandemic-induced recession that we're going into. All of this stuff, like businesses are closing down. They're locked in after lockdown. You know, all this commercial real estate is available. Like we're going into a big mess. People are getting laid off. Servers are losing their jobs. Uh, you know, kitchen staff, all that stuff, all the frontline workers uh, who've been wonderful. But, you know, the thing is, our Canadian consumers, our Canadian buyers were like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it's yeah. a global pandemic. Let's go buy oh, a condo. Well, let's just pull yeah. up our socks and drive the market even higher. So it, 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 it's one of those things where um, I definitely think uh, we are in for a correction as to when that happens. And I don't think the and I and I and I want to be very careful using the word correction because I don't think it's necessarily oh my goodness the market's dropping by forty percent it's not a, it's not going to be a crash in my opinion however I, so. I, I I do feel that as interest rates start to go up you know they they inch up and up a little more uh, people's affordability starts to go down a little bit yep. um, I, I I think we will start things will start to level off. And to your point about the $100,000 over asking or two or three or five or $600,000 over asking, the issue that we're also having is, you know, most people go in and they, and, and like, I, I, I experience this and I'm sure you do as well. When I go in and I, um, and, and I meet with a new seller and, and they're just like, hey, hey, Mr. Seller, how much would you like for your house? Well, down the road sold for this much. So my house is nicer because yeah. I, I, I put an Ikea wardrobe in my bedroom. So <laughs> the mine's got to be worth at least $50,000 more. And like you sit there and you're at like- At least 50K, at least. At, at least 50,000. It's like, yeah. sir, that, like, you know, that that's an aisle five bin 12. Like it was $200, <laughs> you know, and you can pay them an extra 50 bucks to assemble it. It's not 50 grand, but you know, it's so yeah. hard. People already have well. this glorified valuation for their home. Um, and that's, what's also driving it, right? It's like, okay, well, well, they priced it at this much and they got this much more. Yep. How about we priced it 50 grand or hundred grand less than that and get more traffic through and get more throwaway offers. And just for the serious people who are interested, they'll buy it. Like I, I'm looking at homes up in Vaughn right now for a client of mine, listed for 1.4, easily selling for 1.8. Like yep. Valor Village is on fire. Yeah. I mean, everyone that That's not normal. Let's face it. It's not normal. Um, I used to, when, when I would sell a house and it went a hundred grand over, I would feel a sense of exhilaration. Like I did a great job for these people. Now, if, well, if it sells for 400,000 over asking, I think that exhilaration would be mixed a little bit with a little bit of fear. It's like, wait a minute, what yeah. is going on here? Because you're right. People are being buyers, especially are being reckless. I mean, I have to lecture any buyer I work with that you better be, you better understand the concept of pre-approval because we're going in firm. And if you get in a bidding war, the concept of a low appraisal, you better understand that 20% down may not be enough. Yeah, you'll and, have to, 
you have to basically cough up the difference between what the bank appraises of that exactly. and what your emotions let you buy the house at. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I agree. And like the thing, the thing for me also, it's like, you know, yes, 400,000 over asking sounds terrifying to me, but you also have to realize, Randy, and you know this too, strategically, let's say if a house is worth 1.2 and you're putting it on the market for 999, just under a million Which bucks. many and agents it, do. Yes. They all do. And yep. just to drive up the traffic yep. and it sells for 1.3. Yeah, it's 300,000 over asking, but it's technically a hundred over market value, yep. right? So, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's something that like sells the headlines to be like, oh my God, 400,000, half a million, 800,000. That's great. But what I want to know is how much above market value did that house sell for? That's, that's a valid right? point. Valid point. So, for sure. so yeah. I, I, th- I think people are undervaluing their homes just to drive in the traffic, get the foot traffic in, get the interest in. But once that happens, um, they, you know, they, they get all these offers. But, you know, realistically speaking, that's why you see like, you know, the same house listed for $9.99 if there's lack of interest on offer night, if there are no offers. They right. don't accept nine ninety nine for it because it's not the real value. They they right. their value just for just they'll, for traction. If they didn't and get the offer that they, they wanted, they'll cancel the old listing at nine ninety nine and relist it for one point two. Yeah, it, I've seen it happen many yeah, times. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, and you brought up a couple of points that are important to for listeners to to pay attention to. Number one, interest rates are going up for sure. They've already edged up just a little bit. I think we're going to see a few minor increases throughout 2022. You may see by the end of the year, maybe, maybe the rates will go up by a total of maybe 1%. Maybe, I'm guessing. Um, But nobody really knows for sure. I realize the government is in between a rock and a hard place because they don't want to raise them too much because then it's going to affect all the other businesses. And it's also going to screw up people who are there to do a mortgage renewal when yeah. they have to renew and go from 2% to 3%, that could be a big hit. So yeah. they're, I'm sure they're aware of that. Uh, that's going on, uh, but we're also dealing with immigration is still going on. And I think we talked about this last time. I am super pro-immigration. I'm a pro-immigration guy. Canada is a big country. It's mostly empty. There's, we're all immigrants. My grandparents came from Europe, you know, and you, your parents came or your grandparents came. We're all immigrants I'm here. I'm myself. Like I, I moved here seven years old. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were, you yourself are an immigrant. I am totally pro-immigration. God bless you. How much, it takes a lot of guts to move from one country to another. Let me tell you. Uh, however, immigration fell. The numbers fell back a little bit during COVID. And uh, the Trudeau government has said, well, this year, they're going to allow in 411,000 new people to Canada, 411. We also know that historically about half of those come to the GTA. So sure. about, about 200,000 are going to come here. We also know if you look up the stats that uh, the average household size is 2.9 people per house. So if you divide the 200,000 by 2.9, it comes out to we're going to need 68,000 new dwellings this year just to house the immigrants. Yes. Just the immigrants, whether yeah. they're buying or renting, sixty-eight thousand. And guess what? Last year, I believe I read somewhere that they made uh, they built twenty-six thousand, mostly condos. Mm-hmm. So we're behind. We're way behind just in one year. And, and yeah, if you think about those condos, they're already sold, right? Like they're not oh. for sale. They're not being built to be sold. They're right. being built because they are sold, right? That's it's right. A, it's, it's, it's a big difference. So Good and, point. you're right. Good and, point. And, and you're right. So the 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 thing is. Um, that's been 
I think that's what's been driving our market up. Two things. One, the low interest rates. People's buying power is so much higher than ever before. Uh, They can afford way more. And it's like, oh, you know, when they're they're sitting and negotiating an offer and they're like, okay, you know what? We're tired of looking. We've lost out on 10 houses. Things don't seem to slow down. Just give them an extra 50 grand. So I just get rid of this anxiety. I don't want to look at another house. I don't want to go to another open house. I don't want to waste another weekend. I want to enjoy whatever time I have outside of work. You know, even in this pandemic, I just want to I'd rather, I'd rather just stay home. Like I just want to want this process to be over with. Fine. So they go ahead, they 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 pay extra, but in their mind, they're just like, oh, so it's only an extra two hundred dollars a month if we go up fifty thousand. They don't realize it's two hundred dollars a month today. But when interest rates go back up to five or six percent, if they ever will at this point, um, it's not just two hundred dollars, right? These these people won't requalify for the same mortgage because instead of their mortgage payment being $2,800, it's now $4,800. And yes. their income has not gone up. You know, their income has not doubled. So it's, it, it, I, I think, I think that's the mess that we're in long-term because I think the government understands how much debt Canadians have, you know, bitten off and it's a lot more than they can chew. Yep. And they understand that, you know, if, if we continue in this, if they continue to raise interest rates, not only, okay, they might be slowing down uh, the real estate market, fine, that's one thing, or, or value, but they'll be absolutely, it'll be detrimental to everybody else who's a homeowner. Because, you know, sure, until their mortgages are locked in for two, three, four, five years, that's great. Yep. But as soon as they're up for the renewals, they won't be able to make the mortgage payments. We're right? on the same page, Rizwan. We're on, we're on the same page on this one, for sure. Scary thing. It's a scary thing. But yeah, yeah. So, sorry, and, and sorry, just quickly. And the second thing, so that's interest rates. Uh, the second thing, it's been this long supply chain issue. You know, like I, I, I was reading a report, I think over the last, since the 70s, um, we're building 40 to 50% less new dwellings per year, right? And, and it's, it, 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 it's scary. Like, yes, we've got the land, but also the reality is, you know, for most people moving to the GTA, like you said, um, they want to live. In the GTA, they want the city experience. They want the job opportunities. They want to be able to have the amenities to have like public transit to get around. All those things. They don't want to move out here and like live in a field, also, right? So, so it, it, it's one of those things where, um, and in Toronto proper or wherever, like right at this point, you have to take something down to put put something else up. Yep. There's no land left. That's right. It's full. The city's full. Yeah, you could build a little bit of infill housing here and there, but if you want to build like real housing, like subdivisions, you have to go way out. You know, yeah. even out here in the West End, Mississauga is full. It's full. Oakville is almost full. It's rapidly filling up. So you got to go way out in order to build new properties. Um, going back to a minute, though, about uh, new immigrants and, and the growing population, it's not just immigration, too, because we we've also got uh, interprovincial immigration where people from other provinces move here and the natural growth where people have kids, they grow up, they want to, they get married, they want to have their own house. So we've got natural growth as well, but there seems to be no coordination on the supply side. Mm-hmm. Supply side, like you say, is not growing to keep up with the demand. We got more demand than supply. Yeah. seems pretty well, simple, yeah. but there's, and there's places, there's things in place that restrict it a little bit. And I'm fine. Like the green belt, I'm totally fine with that. I don't think they should touch the green belt. I mean, we got to have green belt for ourselves and for our offspring and down the road, you want to have a green belt, but there must be more efficient ways to use that land. And also in the city, especially in Toronto, there has to be a more efficient way of getting 
or allowing a developer to get a building permit. It shouldn't take five years to get a building permit, which apparently it does in many cases. Uh, that's just ridiculous. That's just bureaucracy run amok. And um, so anyways, yeah, that's what we're in right now. And so for forward thinkers like you and me trying to figure out what are we going to do with all this, not everybody can afford a $2 million house. No, you know? no. And, and, and that's, and I, and I think like if this continues, we'll become something like a Paris or we'll become something like Manhattan where people just rent downtown right? and they own far out of the city, whether it's a smaller home, whether it's a cottage, whether it's something else, a secondary home, you know, like that's what people do in Manhattan. They, mm. You know, they drive to Long Island. They they have a place, you know, just outside, right? Uh, and they just rent downtown. And I think, you know, like there is a chance that Toronto will become you know, a city that just basically people just rent downtown, right? And it's lots of rich people, lots of poor people, and the middle class is gone. Yeah, it could happen. They sure. they need to address this, and it's a it's a matter of it's three different levels of government. You got your feds, the federal government, provincial government, and then the municipal governments. They need to get collectively together and figure out how they're going to address this. That's what I think. Yes, no, I don't I, have any answers, but I know they should get together and talk. <laughs> I mean, I I think they should do more than just get together. They should actually find a solution. But the thing is, there there isn't there isn't like you know I said this yesterday. Uh, on a serious interview, like there isn't like a smoking gun, like, oh yes, let's just do this. It's going to fix everything. The problem is this has been an ongoing issue for far too long. And when things were not the greatest, you know, the governments realized that our, that the real estate has been one of the biggest driving forces behind our economy. And it still is today. And that's scary, right? Like, you know, it's, um, so they re- and, and also the amount of tax and everything else that you know the governments have become so accustomed to just from real estate transactions. Think about land transfer taxes oh, in Toronto, man. municipal and provincial. Now think about this: you've got a downtown parking lot that's paying, I don't know, for argument's sake, five grand a year in, in, in tax. Great. Right. right. The builder goes in for a permit. Now they're building five hundred units. So yeah. not only do they get to tax tax them twice and get provincial land transfer taxes for 500 units. Now, every month, every year ongoing, each dwelling pays an extra thousand, two thousand. That's almost $800,000 in revenue per year as compared to the 5,000 5, that the yep. parking lot was paying before. So there's there are all these revenue streams for the government. So like, yeah, they love make getting new, like, don't get me wrong. They love passing out permits. They love doing all that stuff because at the end of the day, it's a revenue stream, but it doesn't, doesn't change. It doesn't. Um, it, it doesn't correct our supply chain issue. It doesn't correct uh, how expensive these condos are being sold for. Like when I first started, you know, I think average price per square foot was like three hundred bucks. Three hundred. Three hundred. Oh yeah. my god. Two fifty to three hundred dollars. Three fifty a month. Uh, sorry, sorry uh, per square foot. Right. Now we're at like twelve hundred. Oh, like at least fourteen hundred. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I sold something last week. You know, five hundred ninety-eight square feet, um, in about a fifteen-ish-year-old building, for eleven hundred and change. Right. So, I, I'm talking about pre-construction. Like, you're, you're, like, so the issue is that stuff needs to be curbed. Right. The condos are getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And price for prices per square foot are going higher and higher. So it's just it's one of those things where like, is there really an end in sight? Is there really a solution to all this, it, it, it's going to take some, some creative planning and it, it's a multi-tier sort of um, correction program where, you know, interest rates go up slowly. 
but you know, even with that, you you can't just blame interest rates. If it's just people's willingness to want to live outside the city, wanting to build outside the city, and all that, like it's right. just there. There, that's a huge issue. Well, on that note, <laughs> where do we go from? You're absolutely right. No, you're yeah. absolutely right. It's complicated. It's complex. Uh, um, I mean, on a, on a very basic level, it's great to be popular. Yeah. Toronto is very popular. Canada is very popular on the world stage. That's great. We could be another Cleveland. You know, yeah. we could be, but thankfully we're not. Nothing, yeah. nothing against the good people of Cleveland. But um, we are who we are, and we're a popular place, and people know about us, and they want to move here for various reasons. Sure. Like, Toronto's quickly become a world-class city, and that's, that's it's great. A, a world city, absolutely. Yeah. We're a world-class city. We have culture. We have diversity. We have great, like, yep. meal, like food, entertainment. Like, it, yep. it's a wonderful city. It's a wonderful place, wonderful place to grow up. It's a wonderful place to live. It's safe, you know. It is as, as big cities go, like, you know, no, no cities are without their issues, but you know, I, I, as most things go, like it's, it's, it's a safe city. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. It's my home, but you know, it, it's scary to see. And, you know, like, as you, as you know, like I'm still a fairly young guy, like I'm in my mid thirties and a lot of my friends are also my don't, age. Don't rub it in. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little and, older than you. Okay. And, <laughs> just, just my hair. <laughs> uh, my, um, a lot of my friends are also young and, uh, sure. and, and it, and it terrifies me for them. Like, you know, the fact that they can't afford to buy their first home, they can't afford without yeah. the help of mom and dad without, you know, sitting there and like, or sitting out of the market, right. It's one of those things where yes, they can afford to um, maybe they can like scrape together their, their, their pennies and like try to get a down payment going. But you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's, they're not competitive. Right. Like it's like they they can't go out and they can't go and compete with 20 offers on a house. They can't go out and say, oh, just throw an extra 50 grand or another extra hundred thousand dollars because there will always be someone else amongst those offers who can. That's right. Right. So it's it, 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 it's 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 scary. It's almost well, borderline depressing. Well, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I mean, people my age, the so-called baby boomers, most of us are OK. Most of us were able to buy when when life was cheap, I guess you know, houses were cheap. And, uh, but now when you're talking about younger buyers, especially first time buyers, that's gotta be a really, really tough road. Uh, because like you said, it's not getting any easier and the numbers are just so large unless they pool together. Maybe there's some, I don't know, maybe there's some innovative ways that people can get in there. It's gotta be a condo. Nobody's going to buy a house as a first time buyer, unless it's the bank of mom and dad, uh, you know, but, uh, no, we have, we have some issues. I guess it's problems of success. I mean, there are many other cities that wish they had our problems, mm -hmm. uh, but we have to have to deal with it. What are you telling your, your folks uh, there at Sotheby's uh, for all your, uh, your realtors? What are you, what are you giving them any advice or just, is it just carry on and keep selling or are you, are you giving them any, any pointers on what they should be doing this year? Well, well Randy, the thing is like, you know, we're, we're in this business, you know, this as well. If the phone is ringing, things are great. If the phone stops ringing, okay. It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, true. We're, that's we're, it. We're, we're, we're self-employed. So if someone's going to call me on the phone and say, hey, Riz, you know, looks like we need a, need a new house or a bigger house or we have a baby on the way. We need an extra bedroom. Or yeah, my dad are moving in. I'm not going to be like, oh, wait six months or hang up on them. It's like, got to carry on. Let's and go. Yeah. And then at that point, like, it's like, how do we stay competitive? I just, you know, I... I I, I just sold a large principal home in North York last week. Uh, it was priced Congrats. at yeah, 3,688,000. Nice. And, 
Nice. Yes. Yes. Not, not, um, not slated for like multiple offers, but and I was able to shave off almost like a quarter of a million dollars from that. So there are deals still to be had. Now, that's interesting. In North, in North York, was it a fixer upper or was it uh, oh, just brand new, new build less than oh. a year old? Wow. Um, yeah. So it, it, it's been great. Um, you know, know who you're working with, like yeah. rely on their skill set, and more importantly, rely on their advice. You know, and, and, and I think for most buyers, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think the internet today has given people a lot of, um, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, in, a lot of information, mm-hmm. like a lot of, inf- a lot more is available today at their disposal uh, as compared to even like 10, 15 years ago when I first started. 10, 15 years ago, I'd walk in and I'd, I'd meet a seller or I'd meet a buyer. I'd be giving them comps. Now, because of all these various websites, my buyers and sellers are coming to me and they're giving me comps, which is fine. I don't mind. Knowledge is power. I get it. Yeah. But, but the reality is, having said all of that, um, all these buyers, like they also feel like, okay, you know what? They kind of have to lose one or two deals until they're like, okay, so you are still the professional. We still have to kind of listen to what you're saying because, you know, we get it. We get it. You know what you're talking about. Man, I've been, I've been exactly there. Exactly there. If you yeah. just listened to me, we would have got this house, you know. And sometimes they need to lose a couple of times and then yeah. all of a sudden, okay, we'll defer to you. Yeah. Or like, listen to me or like we would have gotten the house or we would have gotten it for a little less. Like, you know, it, it's, a, it, it, it's all in the art of negotiating, right? Like you, right. you but it is what it is. It, it, that's human psychology. Everyone thinks they can do it better, right? And <laughs> until they realize maybe not. You know, I, I don't I don't walk into my dentist and say, all right, so I've got a cavity here. So grab the Cavitron and start doing this. I'm like, I'm here. Can you I'm imagine? Try to yep. take a nap. This is your job. Like, do whatever you have to do. So it's the same thing. You know, uh, I don't call my real estate lawyer and tell him what to do or how to register my deed. I couldn't care less right. <laughs> here. You know, I, I've charged you for a reason. I, you know, I, I trust you. And it's the same thing. But I, I, th- I think real estate is one of those things where it's the biggest asset anyone will ever buy in their lives. And they, they feel like, you know, maybe, maybe we can outsmart the system. If you want to buy it today, the system is a system. You can Outsm- maneuver responsibly, but you got to, the system is a system. Outsmarting the system would have been buying 15 years ago. That would have been outsmarting the system, but nobody knew. Nobody yeah. knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. so well, are you, sorry, go ahead. Go. sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I was going to say 11 years ago, I bought a detached home for 322,000. Exactly. We'll get a couple of parking spots downtown for that today. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky yeah no that well it's true and i'm not sure whether to laugh at that or to be like you to be a little bit sad because it's just unreal that's it's, it's borderline depressing but sorry you were gonna say i was gonna just ask you i know that uh one of your your hobbies is uh, equestrian you like yes. to go horseback riding are you still doing that i'm as soon as we're done this podcast i'm i'm hopping in the car i'm driving up to king city come on Oh, yeah. you were you were doing some competition too i think i remember yes yes i was at uh paul grave which is up in caledon it's the equestrian center yeah and uh i'm not gonna i'm you know not not to toot my own horn we did really well uh we got show champion one time which was amazing oh, but that's you know, great what, what people don't understand the the world of, of equestrianism like show jumping all the show jumping what i do you know it, it's me and the horse it's a partnership and 
just as we have good and bad days, so do the horses, right? <laughs> there, there are days where they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, their legs are tired. They're, they're, they're in pain. They're in pain. They're, they, they bang their leg in a stall right. overnight. They're like, they, they're, it's a, it's, you know, I, the best way to characterize it. One of my, uh, one of my friends messaged me, she said, how difficult could it be to go over two foot fences? And I said, you know what? It's far more difficult to swing a golf club because the golf club, nine times out of 10, it's reliable. You've got the skill set. The thing's going to do what you're going to ask it to do. Right. When, when you're sitting on a 1500 pound living, breathing animal that has its own emotions, its own feelings, its own aches and pain. Man. Oh, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. You know, because in the wild, all they do is they, they graze, they sleep and they poop. <laughs> they don't they don't set up fences and do have competitions with other horses well, and jump around like they're going around this course around this arena because you know a they trust me it's this partnership and i'm getting them to do that so it, it, it's super unpredictable and you know that that's the part of it so you can be champion one day and you can finish 17th the next day not because your skill set no. has changed it's just it's no, don't be too modest now. That's that's a fantastic achievement. It is. And let me tell you, I don't know too much about horses, but I've been close to a few of them. And those are not animals to be trifled with. Those are huge animals. And uh, I don't know if I got up on one of them, I'd probably go flying in the first uh, first hundred feet. I'd be on my uh, bottom side somewhere on the grass. Well, and, and that's what I say to them, right? Like, and like, just good luck even just staying on. Like, I, if, if you can just <laughs> that's me. And but not in general, like it takes a lot of strength, right? Like you have to think about it. Like for me to sit on the horse, not only just to like move around or go over a fence, even just to sit the amount of like core strength and everything else. Like I'm not buckled into a seat. No. Right? And, and now you're moving at like, you know, 20 kilometers an hour. Like it, you just to stay up and hold your, hold yourself in that position. Like it yep. takes a lot of strength. And you know, there are days when I'm like, Oh, okay. I gotta get off. Like I, I literally cannot hold myself up, but yeah, no, they're, but they're majestic and they're beautiful. And that's, that's my therapy. That's that's the best. Outside in nature, man. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. We're riding indoors in the heated arena right now because I'm not a winter person. Ah, and this okay. outdoor is perfect. Okay. <laughs> it's like minus 20, Randy. It's so cold. Is that what it is? <laughs> well, up, uh, yeah. And, and up, in, no. up in Queen City, it'll be. It's colder high. still. That's right. That's like permafrost up there. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's great. And that's a wonderful hobby to have. It really is. I could see it as therapy. When you get outside like that, amazing, amazing, man. Yeah, but but no, thank you for doing this again. Pleasure, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Oh, it's my pleasure to talk to you anytime, Rizwan. Uh-huh. It's uh, it's a real pleasure, and I wish you all the best. I'm glad that you got over the COVID. That's uh-huh. fantastic. And <laughs> take it easy with those horses, man. They're dangerous. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, you know what? They can be, they can be, but we, we, we do it as safe as possible, but no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank good, you. Good. And all the best to you in real estate uh, through 2022. I'm sure it's going to be another wild ride. Something tells me. It's, so, it, is, uh, it is. And all the best of luck to you and your clients as well. Thank you, man. Always okay. a pleasure to talk to you. All right. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.